0: Number one, top of everything, it doesn't matter which side you're falling on, you know, about getting the shot or not getting the shot, is addressing the fear that the media has been very actively cultivating um, across the board. It's important to understand how much fear is actually impacting your physiological health, well-being and immunity. There's a study from the CDC that came out this summer that was showing the five comorbidities that were um, related to COVID, hospitalizations, ventilations, and deaths. Number four was fear-related disorders, and number five was undercontrolled diabetes. So fear and anxiety is having a bigger impact on comorbidity with COVID than uncontrolled diabetes.
1: That's our guest, Dr. Nicola Dellinger. Dr. Nicola works with people all over the world, welcoming all patients, regardless of age or ailment, who are willing to invest in themselves. Stay tuned to part two of our interview to experience a guided meditation and tips on calming your nervous system. I'm Lisa Byrne. And I'm Lori Gambacorda. We're your co-hosts. Welcome to the Epic Conscious Living Podcast: Transform Yourself, Impact the World.
2: Educating, empowering, and inspiring you to live a spiritual, healthy, and sustainable lifestyle building a community that elevates consciousness for the greater good. We
1: make it easy for you to be epic. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. We appreciate you. And if you haven't gotten a chance, please hit the subscribe button. You mentioned the research on the narrative medicine and earlier you had also mentioned doing some research and having the grant cut. going back a little bit to sort of policy and shaping the future. One of the things is research dollars and how they're being mostly controlled by big food, big pharma. Mm-hmm. They're basically paying mm-hmm. for the research. And so so talk a little bit about first the myth that there's not good evidence-based science behind a naturopathic approach And also possibly what individuals can do to try to influence uh, where some of those research dollars are going.
0: This whole like natural medicine or naturopathic medicine is bogus. It's out there somewhere in the ethers of people's understanding or belief. And all I can say is that it's simply not true. Not only are there literally thousands of years of anecdotal pieces of evidence. So it's, it's interesting. When somebody shares something that happens in a clinical setting and it's for what they're saying, they'll say it's clinical evidence. And then when it's not supporting their hypothesis, it's just called anecdotal. It's like, oh, well, that's just a story. So there's clinical evidence, um, which is what we see in clinic. And then there's, you know, research-based evidence uh, or evidence-based medicine, which is we went ahead and we ran a study and the gold standard would be um, a double blind placebo controlled study, which means neither of them know that they're getting, if they're getting the real thing or the placebo. And so basically what they're trying to do is as objectively as possible, does this intervention work? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of evidence um, based medicine, a lot of research, a lot of studies in peer reviewed journals that support different natural therapeutics. I think where naturopathic medicine comes up against a barrier here is that if I have 10 patients coming in for headache, I'm not going to treat them all the same. Um, And that becomes very hard to research and prove Um, Unless you designed a study that said, I'm going to let you treat as a naturopathic doctor headaches, and then we can see whether or not people got better. But we really are, we're still very reductionistic in our approach to Research and and creating science and evidence, and so when I mean reductionistic, it means we're just going to take one thing and look at that, and that's very very rarely how a naturopathic doctor is going to approach a patient. Um, so if I'm going to prescribe fish oil, B vitamins, and an herbal tincture, and I'm only allowed to study one of those things, but it's the synergy between them that's going to help, then yeah, fish oil isn't going to come out looking that great on its own. But I know that that enhances cell to cell communication, inflammation brain health, all those sort of things. And I know it's a foundational piece. And that said, there's hundreds of articles proving the efficacy of fish oil in hundreds of different ailments. So there is a lot of evidence for that. So what can an individual do to to you know put research dollars in that? That's a really big question. And, and I honestly don't have a great answer for it because the ways that monies are distributed are so complicated. But I think that if you are in a position where you work for an organization that does create grants that, you know, you look at potentially doing more holistically based grants, um, you know, so advocating within those areas to, to look at and question whether or not looking at a single modality is actually really helpful. You know, it's funny because, you know, if I go back to my example of fish oil, B vitamins and an herbal tincture, and there isn't research for that. Well, there isn't also research for somebody on a blood pressure med, a statin and an antidepressant, but you see that all the time. So I would just, again, I would invite people to back up and take a wider lens. And yes, in some ways, science and research is amazing and has advanced our information and approach to health and healing in a myriad ways. And in other ways, it's kept us fairly limited. You know, there was a time we didn't believe in germs. We didn't know that those were real. We thought it was a miasma in the air and that was clinically based. And then someone came along with germ theory and it was absolutely denounced across the board by the current medical establishment. People weren't washing their hands before surgeries and the idea that you would have to wash your hands was a big deal. And the whole idea of a sterile field didn't even exist. I mean, now we can't even imagine it. So I guess what I would invite individuals to do is hold these scientific standards more loosely. And I think, right now with, you know, COVID and the vaccine, you know, we're seeing this, you know, use of finally real science is coming forward. And I'm like, the real science doesn't actually know, you know, we've had some really good hypotheses, and we've got some good preliminary information, but that information is changing daily. But we do this as humans. We we statistics and the science to back up our argument and denounce the other side and prove our rightness. And the reality of it is as much as we want, science to be black and white and very, very clear, it is absolutely anything but. Um, And so I think if we can back up and take a wide view, you know, if we take a wide view, then allows us to hold more loosely to the beliefs, we're more fluid with it. And that allows us to grow exponentially.
2: I'd like to go a little bit further than you were just talking a little bit about COVID and, and the science-based evidence and vaccines. vaccine. So is there anything else you'd like to offer to the listeners? We talked about the pillars of health, but what else can they do from a preventative standpoint? Um, how can we keep upping our health? So I don't, I don't want it to necessarily be a, a vaccine versus not vaccine conversation, but how do we minimize any outcome that would be negative? Mm
0: -hmm. So I think number one, top of everything, it doesn't matter which side you're falling on, you know, about getting the shot or not getting the shot is addressing the fear that the media has been very actively cultivating um, across the board. Again, no matter which side you find yourself on politically or vaccine-wise or whatever, it's important to understand how much fear is actually impacting your physiological health, well-being, and immunity. There's a study from the CDC that came out this summer that was showing the five comorbidities that were um, related to COVID, hospitalizations, ventilations, and death. And it was, you know, the usual subject. Right. So obesity, hypertension or blood, high blood pressure, um, hyperlipidemia or high cholesterol. But number four was fear related disorders. And number five was under controlled diabetes. So fear and anxiety is having a bigger impact on comorbidity with COVID than uncontrolled diabetes and is right up there with the other big three of obesity, high blood pressure and cholesterol levels being off. So what can you do? You can manage your stress. You can unplug from the media. You can get outside and connect with your community in whatever way feels supportive to you. You can do extra things to take care of yourself, get more rest maybe get a massage or go to yoga. If you're not comfortable, you know, being with other people in that environment, there's a ton of online resources. YouTube's got a bajillion different at home workouts, Tai Chi, meditation, yoga, what you want, like whatever you want. I've been listening to, you guys are into the sound healing. I've been really listening to those specific frequencies, the binaural beats. Um, So if you look up binaural beats, which is B-I-N-A-U-R-A-L beats on YouTube, there's specific frequencies to help Help balance the brain waves and cultivate positivity and cultivate cellular regeneration. And this is real. So I have it on the background in my office and my home, that sort of thing. So there's things we can do underlying to help reset that nervous system and unplug from some of the stress because our nervous system and our immune system are really intricately linked. And I think most people aren't really aware of that. The worst time of year for colds and flus is right after the holidays. Why is that? Because we had this giant ramp up, we overextended ourselves. We ate less well than we typically do. And we've gotten super stressed financially, emotionally, traveling, that sort of thing. And then in January, it's like, boom, cold and flu season just gets brutal every year. Why is that? It's because of the relationship between stress and your immunity. So whatever you can do to limit screen time or watch something funny instead, my husband's obsessed with watching um, foster dog stories. So, but that makes him happier than reading the headlines as much as he was doing. So he's made a conscious choice for less news, more foster puppies. And on a more tangible side, you know, there's some pretty compelling uh, research that's showing quercetin can really inhibit the virus from entering the cell. So quercetin and capsular powder, adding some zinc on there, 30 milligrams a day is plenty. That's usually one capsule. Vitamin C, if you're not taking it already, it's a good thing to take through the winter and then making sure you're getting fruits and veg and that sort of thing. Other things that I've been telling people to take is N-acetylcysteine or NAC. It's usually 600 milligrams once a day. I've been making a tincture of andrographis, astragalus, m- m- mushrooms, and lemon balm. Um, and so that's a nice nervous system, antiviral, immune-supportive formula that you can just take once or twice a day preventatively. If you were to get sick, you can increase that dose. So there's a lot of things that you can take um, naturally that have been research-driven, You know, keeping your vitamin D levels up. Optimal for Caucasian people is somewhere between 70 and 90. Folks that have more melanin in their skin, we want vitamin D levels that are a little lower. So, you know, go to your provider, get your vitamin D levels run, or just go directly to the lab and find out where you're at. Um, And then, of course, just nutrition, you know, avoiding dairy and sugar and alcohol and you know all of these things that tend to suppress our immune system you know every teaspoon of sugar can suppress our immune system four to six hours Um, so then that goes back into the stress because normally we get stressed then we eat more sugar and more caffeine more alcohol more cannabis whatever and then we don't sleep as well and then we wake up stressed and then that's this cycle right so for me it's all coming back to what other options do you have to manage your stress and how can you slow down enough to be with the emotions that are coming through right before flu season. Uh, we're suppressing our immune
1: systems with sugar and alcohol yep. <laughs> as yep. we, you know, do the holiday parties and we're baking yep. our holiday cookies. Uh, yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and, and if you're and listening to this,
2: if you're only listening to this and not watching it, then Lori did flu season in air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> As Nicholas said, you know, I mean, I think the majority of the time, the reasons why people are getting sick, it doesn't matter the season of the year, it has to do really with the defense mechanisms of our immune system and how do we keep them elevated and how do we keep them running really well.
0: Obviously, at the same time that the germ theory came out, there was another scientist that came out with the milieu theory, basically saying it's not the germ, it's the internal milieu, it's our internal environment that makes us susceptible or not susceptible. Because I can tell you right now, if you've gone into your local grocery store, you've been exposed to rhinovirus and coronavirus and influenza virus, it's around, it's on the surfaces that you touch. Whether or not you contract it and whether your body can mount an immune response and defend itself or whether it gets sick depends on the internal milieu. And that's your microbiome. That's your food. That's your water. That's your sleep status, your exercise, and your general sense of well-being.
1: So the media is actually, to use a word that you used previously, it's very reductionistic. It's not an either or with germ theory or terrain theory or milieu theory. It's a both and because the germs are ubiquitous. And if that were a hundred percent correct, we'd be sick all the time. So it's, it's not an either, or it's a both. And, and I think it's really important for people to understand that and take responsibility for their own health.
0: And if the primary comorbidities are being overweight, having cholesterol and hyper, I know, high blood pressure and things like that, these are typically really manageable. And so why aren't those pieces of information coming out in the headlines? Like, hey, guess what? The things that really are dangerous with COVID, you totally have control over in your own home, around your own home, in your community. And it doesn't cost any money potentially to just you know, roll out a yoga mat on your floor and do a YouTube exercise video. Like I did this morning, you know, you don't have to have money to pay for a personal trainer or a special dietician. It's like, reduce your flour, reduce your sugar, increase your water and your fruits and veg. There you go. It's like, there's a diet plan. Should you eat grains or not? I don't know. Eat them. See how you feel. Stop eating them. See how you feel, you know, but like, but there's some basics here that are really being missed, especially as people have been, more isolated and more afraid to get out, to travel, to get to the gym, to go to their, you know, classes, to come together um, with friends to move or whatever. So... And, then, um, and as we as we move into holiday season, you know, we do want to bake, we do want to have these traditions. So look for more whole foods based options, you know, coconut sugar, monk fruit sugar, raw honey, applesauce, these are all great sweeteners to be, you know, cooking with and they're one to one for white sugar, take whatever recipe you're looking at and cut the sugar by a third off the top, you know, you won't notice it's not there.
2: And I say, how do we just keep elevating the conversation so that there's not this back and forth? If we were discussing health versus people's status, we would have a little bit less fear, a little more compassion, and a little more opportunity to actually meet somewhere in the middle. If this conversation had been led by the health czars and and actually talked about health, I think we would have had, we would have seen comorbidities going away. Because people right. would have taken responsibility. And I think the other thing when you're talking about fear is, why aren't we actually celebrating ourselves, our body, for the good things we're doing? If you haven't gotten it yet, and you've been exposed a number of times, like applaud your body and keep doing some of those good things you're doing instead of saying, well, I'm still on edge. I'm still afraid every single day. It's like, but look what your body's already done. Congratulate it. Be grateful for the fact that its immunity is working naturally the way it's supposed to.
0: And at this point, there's no way we haven't all been exposed. So how your body's already fought it off. So that's awesome. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just, and you're not going to see a headline that says COVID 99% survivability rate.
2: Exactly, because you know,
0: It just doesn't sell. It's not clickbait. Like the other things we, we we'll, we'll focus on total numbers for X amount for the month in Colorado or whatever. But really the truth of it is that this is 99% survivable. So yep. it's, um, but anyway, we, we just need to have a class action lawsuit against all the major media outlets. <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion. Okay. <laughs>
2: You've got our vote. We need, we need more independent, independent media needs to be out there. Well, um, up. Uh, another quick follow-up to this. So You do a lot of mind-body medicine. I've experienced it with you. How about you just take one or two minutes and actually give people that are experiencing all this fear right now, like can you guide them through just a, a minute or two of how they can maybe alleviate some of that?
0: That's a great idea. Yeah, so what I would invite you to do is close your eyes if that's comfortable. If not, just leave your eyes open and just let them kind of gaze softly. And then take a few deep breaths. Into the belly, and a lot of times when I tell people to take deep breaths, they'll move their shoulders up and down. But just try to see if you can let your shoulders be and just let your belly move in and out. And just let yourself have a relaxed belly, especially as ladies like to hold it in. So just breathing into the belly and then just allowing yourself to notice whatever is here, what sensations are present in your body simply notice and observe rather than explain or analyze. And then maybe just taking a few breaths into your heart center and noticing what emotions are present. And again, letting your system know that whatever is here, it's okay that it's here. And for these few moments, we're not going to justify or defend or fix or do. We're just going to notice, oh, I'm stressed. I'm, I'm scared. I'm confused. I'm overwhelmed. I'm curious. Whatever it is, we just name it. Acknowledge it and we be present by just breathing. In the same way when we notice a sensation in our body like tightness in the shoulders, just breathe. Okay, body, I notice you're feeling tight in the shoulders and that's okay. Noticing the mind's tendency to be like, should I get a massage or maybe I should stretch or I should probably get back to some yoga. You know, maybe why why am I so tense? Just letting all that fall away for now. And noticing what happens when you simply pay attention to the sensations of the body and to the emotions that might be attached there. And just let it be. Knowing that each mindful breath can actually shift how your genes express themselves. And that something as simple as this quick exercise can actually change your physiology, your cells, your nervous system. And on a different level, it actually creates a much deeper relationship between you and you. So that rather than running or avoiding or fixing what our experience is, We start developing this resource within ourselves that no matter what is here, it's okay. I have everything I need in each moment. And even though the mind might not know, quote unquote, what to do, I know how to be. All I need to do is notice, acknowledge, and breathe. Maybe taking two or three more breaths. Whenever you feel ready, you can gently open the eyes.
1: Thank you. That was that was beautiful. That that present moment awareness is certainly the antidote for fear and soothes the nervous system
0: yeah yeah the bookie man gets his fear when we run away from it right so if we stand and look at it it's like oh i know i know you typically we know what we're worried about We, we know what our core issues are even if we don't spend a lot of time with them so when we can just take a moment and hold space it just really settles the whole system
2: Thank you for that. That's calming. This is going to be one of the most listened to episodes because people can come back every day when
0: they're (laughs) feeling
2: stressed and just (laughs) listen to this couple of minutes to get their cells on track and move to that peaceful, calm place. So thank you. You're welcome.
1: Well, it has been a pleasure and you are uh, a wealth of information and why don't you let people know how they can get in touch with you and some of the things you offer. I know you have some retreats and some shot clinics and all kinds of good stuff for people.
0: Yeah. So I love to do retreats, both individual and group. And so, um, I'm always kind of creating something, usually spring and fall. So if you're interested, you know, shoot me an email, uh, office at puravitahealthcare.com, And then we do have shot clinics. We actually have a nurse now named Amy who is um, running those shot clinics for us. And so that's Mondays and Tuesdays, 11 to 2 and Fridays 3 to five thirty at our office at 160 East 12th Street in Durango. And you can just drop in and get a little B vitamin boost for stress, energy, immunity. We've got a variety of homeopathics and glutathione and all sorts of stuff to just support the physical body and the mental, emotional bodies as well. And then we also have acupuncture, craniosacral, psychotherapy, yoga nidra, a biomat here, which is a really cool new toy. We picked up um since the last time we talked um, that's 30 pounds of amethyst crystal in a beautiful mat that's um, emits about six inches of infrared. And so it's great for inflammation and circulation and nervous system reset. And then of course, if you want to work with me individually or you're, you're more than welcome to do that.
2: Let people know the website.
0: So you can check us out at Pura, P-U-R-A, Vida, V-I-D-A, healthcare.com. And it's got all of our information about our team and our hours and a bunch of blog articles that I write. And um, I'm also on Facebook. My group is Connectivity, and I try to um, post videos in there pretty regularly.
2: Thank you again so much, Nicola. We appreciate your your time and your wisdom. And again, visit her at puravidahealthcare.com. And for more information on Epic, you can go to epicconsciousliving.com. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. To hear more great conversations that elevate consciousness, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Join our community at EpicConsciousLiving.com and get your free health tip ebook. We make it easy for you to be epic. We've chosen to drink better water and pass on plastics. We've been using Berkey water filters for over 10 years, and we truly love the quality and taste of our water. We want to let you know that we have an affiliate relationship with Berkey. So if you choose to make a purchase through our link, we will receive a commission. Pass on plastics, drink better water, get peace of mind epicconsciousliving.com Living dot com backslash Berkey. That's epicconsciousliving dot com backslash B-E-R K-E-Y.